It's a great joy to finally be back here at Hope with all of you, to welcome you back to Mass. Um, you know, I wish I was welcoming you, welcoming you back to an air-conditioned wine and auditorium, but such is life. Um, but as we begin this new year together, I think, I think it's a good time to reflect and to think about right now, before everything has started up and your schedules go crazy, think about what you want the year to be like. And I think beginnings are a time to do that, so are endings. These are the two times in life where people naturally reflect. And I've been thinking about this in, in the past two weeks because my August began with the first birthday party of my first nephew, uh, which was really awesome. And he's really cute. And it was great to, be, uh, great to be home with the family. And then about a week later, uh, I was home again in Chicago for my 70-year-old uh, father's uh, quintuple bypass surgery. He's doing fine, thanks be to God. Uh, but please keep praying for his recovery. Um, but it, it's sort of, it's just this, this strange contrast. You know, one-year-old birthday, dad's 70th birthday, and then next week, bypass surgery. And in one sense, the, the bad news is I have to think about this too because my dad takes very good care of himself and this is basically all genetic. So, um, clock is winding down for, for Father Nick here. Um, as it is for all of us though, as it is for Jackson. I mean, even though he's one years old, you know, there's, there's, each new life also has, has an ending. So, what are we seeking? The day before my, uh, the day before my father had surgery, my uncle Mike uh, came over to, to visit with him. And uncle Mike had a quadruple bypass surgery 15 years ago. And, you know, my dad was obviously very worried going into the, going into the surgery, but my uncle Mike said, look, Dean, you're thinking about this all wrong, you know? You've got, yeah, these stressors in life and all this stuff that's going on. You know, my dad's had this lawsuit that's gone on longer than most of you have been alive, literally, um, that he's working on. So, uh, but he said, you're looking at it wrong. This is a chance to change your life and to focus on what's important. That's, that's what this is. And that's the great, the great blessing of this surgery. And in that, in, in my Uncle Mike's word to my father, there's also a challenge. And the challenge is, do the stuff that matters. Do the stuff that matters most. And, and pursue that. And I think in a way, that's part of the message of our gospel today. Of... This Canaanite woman who seeks out Jesus to ask for a miracle for her daughter, whom she loves. And when you look at her life, you can, you can see what's important to her. Her daughter's important. And so she leaves her home, and she goes on this journey to find the wandering preacher, Jesus, and to ask him this big favor. And not only is any kind of journey perilous. I mean, you, you, you know, 
nowadays, you know, we, we have police around here. Holland's a, it's a pretty safe town, you know, it, it's nice. But, you know, in the olden days, you know, you don't, you don't have the tire inside and police patrolling every other block, you know. Uh, and if you do, they're probably as dangerous as whoever you're trying to watch out for. And yet she goes by herself, you know, and she goes to find Jesus. And she does so knowing that she's not of the same ethnic tribe as Jesus. You know, he's a Jew, she's a Canaanite, and, she's, and there's not like a good, happy history there. And yet she thinks, you know what, I'm going to go find him and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him for a favor. Why? Because she loves her daughter that much. And her daughter's in that much trouble. And so she goes and she asks for a miracle. And that takes perseverance. And she perseveres in that hope even when she meets more obstacles. So she's got, she's got Jesus' companions, the apostles, who are like, Dude, Lord, send her away. You know, she's, she's bothering us. You know, have her go. You know, don't, don't bother with this. So she's got to deal with that. And then there's, there's the reply from Jesus. You know, I was sent to, only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's the Jews, not the Canaanites. And, um, and when she persists, says, it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. Now, commentators have pointed out, Jesus is, is using a rhetorical device here. He's sort of presenting her with the argument, probably the argument that the apostles made. You know, Lord, she's not one of us. We got business to attend to. You said so yourself, you know, here to preach to your people. Send her away. You know, we, we got a lot of other stuff to do. And so he, he brings this argument to her. And it would be very easy in that moment to lose hope. To think, I, I came on this journey and his advisors, you know, they're, they're telling him, don't bother with me. And, and now he's presenting, this, he's presenting what they're saying. And yet it's remarkable, there's no sign of discouragement from her. None. She just says, please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. In essence, she's saying, look, I don't care what you think of me. My daughter needs help. Help me. And Jesus does. A woman, great is your faith. So she perseveres in seeking the most important things. So what does that mean for this year for you? And I think the first thing that it means is praying. It means praying, talking to God. And now you freshmen, this is like the first homily you've heard from me, but if you're not a freshman, you've heard me talk about this time and again, you know, and you're probably thinking, oh, there's Father, same old story, we got to pray. But in the immortal words of Margaret Thatcher, of course it's the same old story. Truth usually is the same old story. You got to pray. You got to spend time with the Lord. You got to ask Him for things. You got to thank Him for things. You got to apologize for things. And you got to tell Him, I love you. However you do that, whenever you do that, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. 
but it's just got to happen. It's got to happen. St. Padre Pio said, a great Italian saint had the, the stigmata, you know, he said, those who pray much have hope. Those who pray little are in great danger. Those who do not pray are lost. So you're about to get very busy as the semester ramps up. Lots of people, lots of clubs, activities will want your socially distanced time. And, you know, you're going to have to make decisions about what's important. You know, what's the homework you're going to do? How much, you can, how much time you're going to spend on it? Who are you going to hang out with? All of these things. And they're good things. But you got to pray. We're in the parish of uh, St. Francis de Sales. Great uh, saint worked in Geneva amongst the Protestants. Very, very fitting patron for us here at Hope College. And he said, everyone needs to pray for a half hour a day. Unless you're busy. Then we need a whole hour. That's the wisdom of the saints. Pray for a half hour a day, unless you're busy, then you pray a whole hour. And it's not just something that I'm, I'm saying to you. I went, on, I went on retreat about three weeks ago, right before my nephew's party. And it was a, it was a good retreat. Um, and, and one of the things that I think Jesus asked me to do this year, uh, to be especially committed to, was every morning to begin with an hour of silent prayer with him. And he said that, and I'm like, yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that's what I need, Lord. So that's what, that's what I'm recommitting to this year. In addition to Mass every day, of course, and the divine office that I say throughout, throughout the day and the rosary, to do an hour of prayer, because that's what I need. Because I'm a sinner. And if you know me, you might think, wow, all that praying Father does, and he's still so terrible. All right. Hopefully, the holy hour. If I if I if I become a better person this year, you'll know you'll know why it happened. I prayed. So point one, you got to pray this year. Point number two, you need to keep praying. You need to persevere in seeking God, and not just the times of the day when you when you talk to God. You know, I think it was Saint Augustine who said, "He who prays only when he's on his knees prays very little." Now, the whole day, the whole of life should be a prayer. Why? Because it's, it's seeking God in everything. You know, I remember last year, uh, some students did this program called Exodus 90. Freshmen, you'll be hearing more about it later. But, but one of the things that is asked is, you know, to not, uh, uh, not use social media so much, you know, not put a, stop frivolous internet use. And a number of people have said over the last three years, you know, it's really neat walking in between classes, not having my phone out, and noticing that it's a beautiful day. Or praying. You know, saying a couple short prayers while I'm walking from one class to another. It's those moments too that God can reach you. It's not, it's not just in church. And I think that seeking God also includes trying to do more good works. Helping those in need. Trying to turn, turn away from sinful habits. You know, going to confession but to keep doing it, to keep praying. You know, one of the other endpoints that I 
I think about, we talk about beginnings and endings. My grandmother is, I think she's 98. Somewhere up there. I don't remember. Neither does she, uh, in all honesty. She's, she's got pretty bad dementia. But you know, it's interesting. Whenever I go home and whenever I see grandma, whenever, if we have a mass or we do an anointing of the sick, you know, where we pray, you know what? She's there. Buried deep in her consciousness, in her brain, she still knows what prayer is. And she can still pray. And it still moves her. And this is a woman who, I'm not sure she knows who I am. But she knows how to pray. And that comes from seeking the Lord. My grandmother, at 18, my grandmother decided, you know what, I need to go to Mass every day. And if you know my grandmother, you know she stuck to it. She went to Mass every day of her life until she was 92 and couldn't get out of the house anymore. 18 to 92. It's a lot of Masses. But even now, in her dementia, she's reaping the fruits of that. She still knows how to pray. She still knows who the Lord is. And that's my prayer for you in this year at Hope College. That you come to know Jesus more and more. That like the woman of the gospel, you keep seeking him over and over and over again. Every day. As the book of Lamentation says, the Lord's mercies are not exhausted. They are renewed each day. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord.